Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, role is high fit. Compassion, great passion, fiction, gold, ultimate gold. Glory, relentless training, pain, pain. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode and a new season of the Rose Show. Uh, I know we've been really quiet lately, but we're really, really excited to be back on air. And we've been, uh, I know we've been quiet, but we've been doing some, mm. some quite a serious amount of work behind the scenes. We've got some cool stuff coming up for you guys. As always, it is uh, yours truly, Lawrence Britton. And it's Jake Green. And I tell you what, it's really good to be back. I'm really excited to start a new season. Like Lawrence said, we've already got, uh, got a few things in the works. We've spoken to some people. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm just saying we had a conversation with the world champion already. So the we haven't been on air, but we've been in the background getting things done. I mean, we've been getting things done in the studio, just trying to improve the experience for you guys, coming up with new ideas for the rest of the season. So I know it's been a bit of time, but it's going to be coming at you hard and fast from now on, here on out. Yeah, I know. And for us to say we have uh, episodes in the bank, I mean, come now. That's really, we're upping our game here. Yeah. Really, that's super professional, Jake, I must say. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, for today, I know it's a bit belated, but we are going to be giving you guys an awesome regatta madness of the Linz uh, World Championships and the Olympic qualifiers. As you guys must have seen, that regatta was insane and both me and Jake raced there and it was crazy crazy and that's why we haven't uh, put anything out for that regatta at the moment but today we're going to run through the highlights of the regatta but as well as dig deep into the highlights of the season and really go into to the the season recap what we thought of the season what was exciting about the season and uh and just really share all the all the cool points that happened uh, through the year Jakey yeah tops like Lawrence said we got to do a little bit of season recap um, just fill you guys in and try and take a broad strokes to how the rowing season panned out this year. And we're going to give you guys the second edition of our coveted The Row Show Awards 2019. Yeah, those are some special yeah, awards. So those are special awards. Special awards. Very coveted awards, I must say. And stay tuned because we are going to tell you the nominations for this year's awards then you guys are going to vote on our nominations to decide who's the real winner. Because we actually decided that the two of us picking nominations and winners, sometimes we both had winners. And we decided there can only be one. So we nominated who we thought was deserving in each category. And we're letting you decide. So stay attention, um, pay attention to our social media feeds. We're going to be running the no uh, the nominations and the voting coming through after this episode. Yeah, probably mainly on uh, Instagram. So I know most of you guys won't vote, um, but the couple of you that do, you will have a say. You're going to have a say. <laughs> Democracy <laughs> in the Roadshow Awards. So that will come at the end of the the, the episode. We're going to run through the the nominations. So. Let's get into the season recap. I mean, obviously, we're mainly going to speak about world champs because there was so much to speak about. Big Nearly time. every event and every race was yeah. just crazy. A-finals, 
were crazy for medals. B finals were crazy for Olympic spots, yeah. and it was just complete roller coaster ride. Yeah, I think uh, I just you know World Champs comes around and it just really puts the cherry on top of the season. Like I think we've had um, a good season. Some some regattas we're going to haven't been as great as we wanted them to be, but you know World Champs comes around epic racing and i think it honestly maybe it's just me but i do believe the racing is getting better each year it seems to be more competitive than it has in the past especially in a select few uh events that we will go into uh later the the this i i believe that this world champs was that was the best week of racing i think we've ever had i mean like obviously i, I don't know back in the day but i can't i have never been to an event that was so close across the board with just such crazy uh racing and so exciting i mean you could literally pick up any event coming down the track and just be like what this is proper these are mm. absolutely perfect athletes coming down the track boxing each other all mm. the way to the line and like some real real hard races and some really hard results going down there yeah yeah and, and um also i think uh, congratulations to all the athletes that raced this year i think uh, if you're listening well done uh, wherever you came, I hope you guys had some good racing. And to all those out there that got Olympic spots, well done to you too. Um, so, should we get into the, the season recap? For sure. So, I think uh, straight off the bat, let's go men's four. I think, I mean, Poland winning at the World Champs was uh, a bit of an upset and uh, definitely not something that I would have scripted. And I think a lot of people out there also really impressive with that men's four from Poland because that was... That was a dominant performance. Right off the bat, you could see they took the race um, on on the front front foot and they held it through throughout the the whole the whole thing. Yeah, I think that was really really gutsy race from them and impressive result from them. I mean, you could see through the season that they were having good races. I mean, they mm. did well in Poland. They were really moving up uh, the, the the field and they were just having like moments of really good rowing, really like European champs. I think they were pretty good there as well. Yeah, and then. You know, just stringing that all together and making that uh, jump to that, have that confidence to go out and, and, and take the race. And considering when you went into the regatta, I mean, you, I thought like maybe I think we, we, we would have discussed them as as medalists, but we would never have put them as, as, a, as, a, gold, as yeah. a gold medalist. And like Australia coming undone. Yeah, that was... And uh, Italy also now making the, the, the gold spot. Like those are like the, the, the countries in Romania that you would have put at the top. Uh, would have been between the gold for them and maybe like Poland having like a sneaky bronze. So them coming in and and doing the gold was was really really impressive. Yeah, uh, I think they've in the men's four. There's definitely been the top end, the top order of the men's four has been pretty close. Like you've you've just men- mentioned, Australia obviously had a had a bad race in the final. Um, I could see in the first three hundred meters when this when I saw they went up, that was the first time I've ever seen that. So I, I knew they were going to have a tough one. Um, but I mean, it made them. It made the the race almost more exciting because it just completely rewrote the script. Because I mean, every time you've been watching the men's four since basically the end of the Olympic cycle, it was almost a given. Like, okay, Australia's going to run out the front. It's the race is going to be about who can catch them, if can, anyone can catch them. Italy almost caught them last time at World Champs, but it's because of that the race has become somewhat scripted. Now Australia weren't in it. I mean, they were they were out the back in the first like 500 meters. It just opened it up. I was like, oh my god, this this changes it up quite a lot now. Who's going to take it? Because it's just you know it's changed how the races has has gone over the couple of years. And Poland have just they're really dominant, really strong middle middle thousand, 
and really bringing it in in the last 500 meters and also i thought romania's performance for the silver medal was also really good mm. because they haven't been around that much uh in the season this is probably the only good performance they've had oh, and they're really young crew as well we really spoke about them being really young last year yeah so um that was very very impressive but you know the let's go back to australia though because i mean it's like everyone was kind of like they have this like crazy bold race plan go out take the race get as much lead as you can excuse me by the 500 and by the thousand and then go on from there but this time they just didn't have it out the blocks and what's funny is like they actually had it the whole regatta mm. you know uh, heat semi they were cruising they were just classic uh, Australian four batting it out cleaning it up and then just to come apart in the in the final was, was really surprising but I do not we're not for one moment we'll write those guys off for next Mm-mm. year because that's one race out of three seasons yeah that's been of racing that they've lost yeah I, I if anything I would say that Australia for me will still probably be favorites to win gold in Rio um, and the only thing for me with Poland now is just changed the perception of who can win medals mm-hmm. because the Poland have put their put their hands up there also and the Polish force like they're pretty old eh? yeah I was, I was wanted to say those guys are veterans like um, I think the, the Oak of the Beard and Mikolaj Burda he has been rowing. He was at the 2004 Olympic Games. So these Oaks are veterans. They have done the years. They've done the work. They've done the, the miles. And it's really good to see people that have been around working their asses off, going out there and becoming world champions. Because, I mean, these, all these guys are, are, are you know, they, they're veterans at the game. And it's good to see them win because I, I feel like they do deserve it. Yeah. I mean, they've moved from, out from the eight into the four. And obviously, it's been working. So that's exactly. good to see. Yeah. So uh, that was the men's four. Um, but let's go on to men's pair. Yeah. I think uh, another really good event, another really cool uh, set of racing. Uh, the Sinkoviches really came with the A game this year. They, uh, I mean, they've had a tricky year where they've had a few injuries uh, sometimes where they didn't, they didn't race as much as they wanted to. But they've really been uh, putting out some big... Uh, Big training, obviously, because they came to this games, I mean, to this uh, World Champs, and really on point, mm. and managed to to really be dominant. They were yeah, dominant, very dominant. And I, I think I would have, I would have liked to see them race more. Uh, I'm bleak they didn't they didn't race Rotterdam. I'm bleak that I didn't see Croatia race Australia pair this year. Oh yes, I that would have been because we had awesome we had a different pair. Yeah, it, it would have been pair. really cool to see. Uh, uh, Alex Hill and Booth versus versus the Sinkoviches. Yeah, because I mean, Sinkoviches had a tough one at the first World Cup. They got beaten by Serbia, obviously. But Europeans, they swept that event clean. They won comfortably. Definitive performance. World champs, another definitive performance. Yeah, so really impressive from them. And uh, into the new boat, the the Alianti. I think we'll discuss that a bit just now. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just that was really impressive from them. And also Australia was impressive as well because they they've been doing so many yeah. changes in their crews and their combinations. So like basically each World Cup and each and to the World Champs, the pair and the four and the eight, they all swapped one or two people around, and brand new pairs combination this year. And uh, not only did they try and race their, their tactic of really going out hard, they also managed to step really well in the, end, the mm. second half of the race, which is a tactic we're not seeing that much from the Australians. So really, really cool to, to see that from them. And 
really impressive from uh, from the field. Yeah, and I think uh, if we, I'm bleak because I can't say that the Sinkoviches would have beaten the Australian pair, vice versa, the Australians would have beaten the Sinkovich pair. Mm. Because, I mean, the, the Sinkovich was dominant. I mean, I'll give them the edge because they're world champions. But just as how dominant the Sinkoviches were, the Australians were also just as dominant. And the Sinkoviches are one of the, the few uh, um, crews to, to remain world champions from last yes. year. Yes. Yeah. To re uh, to to defend the title. Yeah. So I'd I'd say I give the edge if they if they had a one on one race, I'd give the edge to the Singoviches, but I think it'll be bloody close. Then another interesting one was uh, the British missing the qualification. So I was in that B final racing for the the, the do not come no, last do spot, not come last. and oh, it was really brutal. And like the whole way down the track, I saw Belarus, I saw GB like slipping back. But not for one second was I thinking like it's enough. I was like, mm. these are going to no come ways. back from yeah. anywhere. There's no way that there's enough, and like really, the race can can close up so quickly. So uh, the better Russians managed to really have a big sprint and and beat the British. Yeah. But yeah, so that was quite interesting. And I want, and what we were discussing before, Jakey was like, uh, I wonder if uh, Satch and some of the other British guys, because there's quite a couple of British guys that have been injured this year that haven't been racing. Yeah. And I wonder if they will go into the pair or if uh, you're going to load up the pair with other people because there's no doubt at late qualification is going to be a really fast British pair yeah. racing on the track. And now that we're talking about, I mean, what the British selection also, uh, maybe to backtrack a bit, like obviously the men's eight is qualified, the men's four is qualified, but uh, the men's four from GB has been doing really well. But I know that the, the men's eight has been the top boat and they got bronze. I'm sure they must be disappointed with that. My question is, are they going to load up the men's four next year? Well, what did the, the four got bronze as well? The four got bronze. Yeah, so both crews with bronze and we know that Jürgen wants to he wants have a gold. gold medal. So, sure, I don't know, anything could happen. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if uh, if we see the four getting loaded with the top I'll, dogs, I'll Mo also, going back in. I mean, yeah. you have a lot of guys that are really good in the yeah. four there. Yeah, and you've also got, like, you've still got... Um, Mo super experienced in the four. And like Will Satch, the Will Satch has been out, but he's also... He's got a lot of experience in the four. Um, yeah. He's also Olympic champion in the eight. And, uh, and, you know, I think if they... They can definitely still put out a really fast four, not to mention the legacy that the, the British four has at the games. It's it's uh, really good. I think what I would put... I would uh, put my money on going into the four, but then the eight still doing really, really well because you've got these top dogs and them having a strong pair. You know, it's yeah. Olympic year. They're always going to bring their game. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the GB system is... Without a doubt, like if you look at the years, one of the stronger, if not the strongest, rowing system out there. So I think you have, you, there's no doubt that, like you said, come next year, there's going to be a fast pair at the late qualifiers, and at the Olympic Games, there's going to be bloody fast boats there. So I mean, I think there, there's no doubt that we, you shouldn't be forgetting that the the GB team on any of these events. And then let's go back to the pair though, Jake, because there's still two more points I want to speak about. First of all, it was, it was really upsetting to see uh, Turkey not yeah. get a qualification spot, especially after they started the regatta with the banger heat. Yeah, they won their the heat, heat. Yeah. Uh, looking really good there. And then, like, look, I think that heat was a little bit slower than the other ones, but it was... Uh, it was. It, was it seemed like they had some good form. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I, I remember watching the quarterfinal and the Belarusians, these guys that sprinted GB to make the qualifi- qualification spot... They sprinted that quarterfinal just past the Turkish to make it through. They were literally nowhere yeah. going into the last 200 meters and they put out a disgusting sprint. 
after the the Turkish cross line, I remember the camera pan to the coach, and he was absolutely gutted. And I, it's just terrible to see that happen. And I mean, like, look. At the end of the day, it, the, the fastest crews are going to take it. It's not. I know, but, yuch, but the emotion is heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. heavy. And yeah. I mean, like, it would have been good for the country of Turkey because, like, there are not many boats from Turkey, and it would have been awesome to have a pair from Turkey there representing. So, uh, a big, a tough one. But also, those guys, I'm pretty sure they will be there at qualifications. Yeah, and I'm, and I mean, maybe they have a continental qualification or something that they can do. So, oh, yeah, that's it'd be really true. cool to to see. Yeah. Them. It really would have been cool to see them do it at the. Thing, which you know also what's quite interesting as well is in the semi-final so now the, the Belarusians had just snuck through the quarter and made it through and then in the semi-final they basically rode like raced like 400 meters and then they just cruised home mm. so they're like everyone else rode the semi really hard to get into the A into final. the A-final yeah. whereas Belarus just cruised basically steady down the track and I wonder if that just gave them a little bit of edge maybe to, I'd say to come at uh, in that final because I mean they must have known like listen for them to make an A final is not happening yes. so we're going to save our cookies and we're going to put it all out in the B final and tr- make sure we don't come lost yeah maybe if you if you if you if you taking a, a pragma- pragmatist approach maybe that was the the right thing to do it's just I I mean like I I just don't like that I don't approach like that approach but, it's bad but it might but work for them though. if it got them an Olympic qualification yeah. spot it did. Because they did manage to make it through the B final. Then the other point to talk about in the pair was the reroad. I know that was some funny. Holy shit. shit! That was insane. I must say, I think that was bullshit that they had to reroad. I still think it's they shouldn't have done that. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that the that the reroad. I don't know. It's so tough, dude. Because like the the reroad happened at um, the reroad happened. It, it, it should have happened at the 700 meters to go, like 800, 700 meters to go. That's what, So what happened is the umpires, some, they had some problem with the motorboat. They drifted into the course. They're trying to paddle out the course. Poland's racing down in lane one, crashes with the oar into their boat, breaks the oar straight away. Mm. Then apparently what happened is that the umpires called the race, but not loud enough to stop people racing. So... I think what happened is because I remember chatting to the Danish guys afterwards and they were saying, because they were in in sixth place, just overtaking Poland now, stopped rowing. They see the umpire calling the race, but they like, they got nothing to lose, so they're not going to stop. And then they, and no one else stopped. So they just raced all the way to the line and the Canadians and the Italians uh, had this raw sprint, this huge sprint with Romania to to right to the finish line. So I think that the way that they handled it was right because like it's a long way from the finish line you mm. can't just say Poland weren't going to make it through yeah because um, even, in the, even in the even in the even in the re-row Poland were like you know only one length down at the 1500 mm. uh, so like I think they had to re-row it I think they re- the umpire umpiring the race though they cost a lot by making by letting the crews race to the finish line because if they called it there Mm. that's a thousand two hundred meters into the race it's like okay cool yeah you it's can not make, great but it's like it's gonna can, work yeah and then they work. made another good decision when once they re-rode they postponed the pairs races so that those yes. athletes had another day yeah i was i was glad to see that because at one point i was like holy shit what's gonna happen like are these guys just gonna quickly row after the racing's finished uh no and um they did. i was just happy i know they did they raced the day they i know they the did day but again. i was happy to see that the semi-final yes. got pushed the day yeah. later so I was like, this is horseshit. These folks just ended themselves twice 
and now they have to do a semi-final the next day yeah um but it was it was pretty cool something exciting and uh i think they ha- i think they just should have called the race down more urgently yeah i think they couldn't really uh, g- uh get around the fact that they needed to re-row that race yeah i know it's it is uh, like how would you another... feel if you were poland and now you told oh you were so far down at the no i no no no, no. they didn't make and that then, decision like, if you look at like a, a men's skull race like manson imagine that happened to manson yeah and he gets told hell? no I'm he's tired. not gonna make it the hell is he doing drifting in the fucking in the lanes dude, and if you have Poland a problem dude it's like come on that. how many world champs have you been to this is the first problem i've ever <sighs> okay, seen yeah, fair, enough, fair enough you do raise a point you do raise a point that guy must have felt terrible though once Poland clashed he must have felt like the biggest idiot i would like to see because i'm sure why they like paddling out the way and they're <laughs> clearly not moving and they're like they must look and be like oh my god these are gonna, gonna hit us they're gonna crash into us oh my god there must have been chaos raw panic in those but two also umpires. imagine you in the raw hurt box it's past halfway in the race you're in the pain and then you just crash no that's yeah. supposed to be I've weird. hit I've hit geese at Henley and that was enough for me that was really <laughs> odd because then you like get this adrenaline shock to the body then you crank out another 10 strokes and then I really hurt yeah no I don't don't doubt that Okay, we are going through this extremely slowly, Jake. So maybe we no, dude, we got good talking points here. Lightweight men's double skulls. Let's go. Ireland win world championships, and I must say, a very dominant performance again. Yeah, another, with a new crew too. Yeah, another defending champion, but a new crew. Yeah, and uh, I was expecting more for Germany though, after considering how well Germany have done throughout the season. Um, so I think it's going to make it interesting but I think Ireland hats off to them but I think we've been looking at Germany and Italy the whole season we've been watching them race each other and like Italy have been like trying to throw everything at Germany and Germany have always had like this answer for them whereas then you put in a crew that is actually faster yeah and I mean at Rotterdam I know Rotterdam was chaos with the weather and the, the madness there but they only finished just second, and he stopped to put a stroke coach back I in know. the boat. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, that was madness. Uh, and the guy that he's rowing with is so new. Yeah, Fintan McCarthy. That guy must be nipping rowing with. No, uh, I had to him because obviously he's he's making it work. I mean, must be big jumping into a world championship with lightweight double and making it faster. And also, I feel really bad because, like, I mean, he must feel he must feel a bit of pressure. Like he's just taken. Your, the guy's rowing with his brother out, out of the boat. The boat yeah. So like there must be, must be the tensions must be fairly yeah, high. Yeah, it must be delicate, but no doubt. You know what that means though? That boat next year is going to be bloody fast because, I mean, the, the brothers were quick, but now there's competition yeah. in that boat. That Although Paul, make it faster. Paul didn't do particularly well in the skull though. No, no, that was uh, Gary O'Donovan. He didn't do too well in the skull. Oh, am I getting mixed yeah, up? Yeah, getting a bit mixed up. Okay. Paul's in the, the double. <laughs> but we'll just excuse Lawrence there. Yeah, Gary Gary seemed to have a tough one. He came, I think, fourth in the lightweight men's single. So, um, yeah, he's he's having a bit of a tough one. But I think uh, it's going to be really, it's going to be really cool to see what... Uh, oh, my God, never mind. He came fourth in the B final. I know, I told you he had a bad, bad time. He had a bad time. So yeah, was, we're gonna was see. you right on the name? I was right on the name, okay. though. Um, but Just yeah, we'll about. see. We'll see what happens. So I think the the double's gonna be quick. Um, but it's getting interesting. I think it was cool to see Jason Osborne back in the in the mix because he's been strong um, throughout the season. And but no doubt the the likely double next year at the games is gonna be really a really hot event. 
um, because Italy also, those guys are super quick. So I don't think, despite Ireland's fast performance, I don't think that Ireland are going to necessarily um, be dominant enough to just really book their gold medal at the, the next games. Yeah, no, no, that, uh, yeah, it's going to be wild. Uh, can't wait to see what happens there. And also, whilst we're on the lightweight um, double, dude, lightweight men's and women's double, oh, seven yeah, Olympic no, seven spots. spots. Uh, it's just too much. Uh, just too much. Yeah. For those just, out there, that means one person in the B final wins, gets their spot. The winner of the B final is the only people that get the qualification spots. But you already an event where more than seven people can be on the like yes. more than seven crews at the start of the regatta could be yes. could end up on the podium. And now you're saying some crews that could end up on the podium do not get Olympic qualifications. Well drawing, how do you get heart attacks in your sport? This is how you do it. <laughs> By making people race like this. And then you race a B final, now you have most of those both events had like six proper crews. Mm. All of them could have you could have been looking at an A final for the men's lightweight yeah. double. You could have been looking at an A final and then only one person. That means that if you make the smallest mistake down the track your tickets. You're not getting it. Yeah, and that's Belgium. They managed to hold their, their shit together and they win the Yes, but they were final. racing who were they racing? They were um, they had a crazy, crazy sprint at the end of the race. Uh, right, because we were warming down from our race, and we just watched this doubles race come past us, and the two front crews going ape at each other. Yeah, them was, and Australia. Yeah, them, uh, them Australia, Canada looked like they were in the mix. So, yeah, it looks like it was it was a very close race. I mean, Canada, uh, Australia. I mean, it must be heartbreaking for them because they were winning at the fifteen hundred meter mark. They were a second up, and Belgium came through with the sprint of destiny, taking the last qualification spot. And uh, the lightweight women's double uh, in the B final, it was Italy that took the, the last spot um, they, uh, off, off Canada. So well done to those guys. But I mean, yes, that's, that's tough. It's and really Australia, tough. I see. Although that. I do think like you're going to see those other crews back at late qualification. Because mm. now there's a few more spots, I think, at late qualification. For the doubles? For the doubles. Oh, that's interesting. Was it only two? I don't know. No, no, I think I'll it's two. We did look. No, it's two more spots. But they couldn't... There wasn't late qualification for the doubles last cycle. Wasn't there? No, there's only world champs and then continental qualification. Oh, shit. Okay, so, so now that there's... Uh, now there's two more... There's two more spots there. Yeah, it is. It is but it's... That's brutal, yeah, though. It is brutal. Um, Talking about a brutal race. Women's pair. Oh, my. Okay, yeah. So, like... Yeah. Maybe in the greater scheme of the racing on how close the packs were coming down the track this was not one of the closest mm. races no but the race for gold was one of the most intense races I've ever watched yeah. in my life I think I think this is definitely one of those it's one of those events that to appreciate what we're saying you needed to be on the stands looking no you can watch it online you can watch it online I don't know because watching just the, how much effort they seem to be putting in I mean who was it? The Australian pair did obviously the one woman, the one of the rows is blue, and they just went across a couple of lanes. So, so let's just take it back a notch, though. So last year, coming into World Champs, you have Grace and Kerry, untouchable, untouched, dominant, winning 20, 12, 20 seconds, that kind of range, really, really quality performances. 
Then you come to World Champs and you get Canada in the mix and Canada come and pip them at the finish line. So these two crews now in a league of their own compared to the rest of the field. Then the beginning of this season, before we even saw the, the Canadians or the Kiwis, we get Australia in the mix. Mm. And they're looking so dangerous and they're also winning by a huge margin. Then we got to Rotterdam where they had the face-off. Uh, uh, the New Zealanders and Australians have the face-off. And the Australians just put them in the pair. Then you get to World Champs and now you have this huge rivalry. And on top of that, all of these girls, the Canadians and New Zealanders and the um, Canadians. The, the Canadians are doubling, doubling up, up into in the eight. eight yeah. And all racing each other again there. So the competition, the actual rivalry is disgusting. Is yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I think Lawrence penned it quite well. He he's calling this the Clash of the Titans because I think the Aussie pair I mean, I know the Canadian pair have not been on their on their best form, but one of the one of the rows got injured this year, so they've been a bit out of touch. But Canadian pair, the Aussie pair, the New Zealand pair, these are the titans of that event. And there is quite a big drop off after those spots. The USA pair is a little bit behind that, and then after USA pair it's also some after that. And then so like if you look at Rotterdam, you have them racing each other and like literally all the way to the line, they laying down everything and like you can see the New Zealanders running out of power and the Aussies just making it through mm. to win. Then they jumped in the eight and New Zealand took the win back, yeah, got the win in the eight. eight. Yeah. So it was kind of one or one or there. Come to this regatta and coming down the track, that final, <laughs> it was so brutal. They were, there was like, you could see them level then they're like cool we're gonna lift and we're gonna try and take the win mm. both groups level then we can we need to lift again level yeah they got to a point like 100 meters to go we're like both crews are still level and they're both starting to slow down mm. they're both blowing and the australians blow so badly they go across the lane yeah and across canada and new zealand are blowing and they can't even hold the length of the stroke and they're like getting shorter and like it's hurting so much and they just you know, uh, it's, touch the, it's, it's kind of like the finish first. It's kind of like they start the race and it's like, okay, it's one one for one here. Who's going to take the hardest stroke? Times that by 200. The winner is the person that blew the least. Yeah. The but winner that, is the person that blew the I least. I mean, it's kind of like the same as that. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, the Germans after World Champs, like a week or a week or two later. The Germans and the Dutch race. Oh, in the eight. yes, in the eights and the Oaks. And it's like, what is that? Like, it was a 12k race or I, something. Oh, for the list or of 7k there, race. I can't remember. It was a race in Germany. It was a 7 12k race. Oaks are fainting. Yeah, in the, the race. Guy, the, in the race, guys. The are German guy faints. And then the. Pass, well, like, I don't even faints the right word. Passes out. It passes, it passes out is the right word, yeah. Uh, was it. Wait, who was. They were level. Who passed no, out no, first? No. Germany was Germany ahead passed out of first. the Dutch. Then the German two Guy men passes out. out. The Dutch, Dutch go up. up. The Dutch, whoever man, man, passes out and the Germany come through and they take the win. Oh my God. It's the same. It's yeah, like that it's kind of same. level of like, you have to, you have to put it all out there to be level. Because if you go down, you're not coming back. Yeah. But if you go level, you can't sustain it. And both crews are thinking the same thing. They both have the same race plan. At least that's what it looks like. But let's uh, see. We got a little side note here from uh, Kerry and Grace. 
So we'll play that for you guys and uh, let you, they'll tell you exactly what mm. they think about that. Hi, I'm Kiri. And I'm Grace. Um, we really enjoyed our season. We came over and our first international racing was at the Poznan World Cup and we just did the pier there, which was quite nice just to sort of like off the back of getting off the plane all the way from New Zealand just to focus on the one boat and not having to set up both at the same time. So that was a good good introduction to the season. Yeah, we then moved into Henley Royal Regatta where we raced the pier and the eight there, which was um, a lot of fun, but pretty challenging um, on the on the that water. But it was pretty hectic, quick quick racing. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely a regatta that we always enjoy going to. Um, and then it made for a pretty busy month though. So the next weekend weekend after that, we were racing both the pier and the eight at Rotterdam, which threw a few challenges with the weather. But um, we got there. We got the racing done. Um, and yeah, I guess in the end, the time trial maybe even helped us in some of our crews, which was good just to sort of bring it internal and focus on your own boat. After doubling up at a World Cup, um, doubling up at World Champs didn't seem as daunting um, with the racing spread over a whole week. I think at World Champs, we definitely had a pretty pretty good run with not going to the river charge in the eight, which was really helpful for all of our racing that week. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was yeah good racing over the week. Some pretty tough racing all round. Um, just I guess the nature of having it as Olympic qualification. Watching some of the V finals were pretty intense to watch. But yeah, like it just is a whole nother ball game. Um, but we're really happy with obviously how it went, and I think the peer field in general has really stepped up. So it's really nice to be a part of that. Um, and then obviously a very close tough final, but managed to come out on the right side of it and yeah looking forward to kind of getting back into that yeah I think it was um pretty cool that the pair podium consisted of all three pairs which were doubling up into the women's eight so that was pretty special for all of us Mm. and then I guess obviously New Zealand's never had a women's eight that's won a world champs before so it was really cool to be a part of that and like the group of girls we're just so excited to race that because obviously we went through straight from the heat um and feeling a bit cooped up in the hotel so definitely by the time the final came round, it was definitely ready to get out there again (laughs) um so now we're just yeah back home training at Carapiro and prepping for next year which we're really excited about yeah thank you thanks bye Tops, that was awesome to to hear from Kerry and Grace, and I cannot wait to see them back in action. Um, I can't wait to see them racing against um, uh, the Aussie and the Canadian pair next year because in my in my mind, next year it's going to be about uh, the, the rivalry between Canada, Australia, and New Zealand in the women's pair. And I will go as far as to say the medals next year in Tokyo are going to be decided by those three pairs. Yeah, but I mean, you could you could get like a, a maybe an American pair coming up. American pair is the only pair I'd say. Okay, I'd say those three favorites medals and possible upset of America in in the mix there. But yeah, it's gonna be wild. No, it is gonna be wild. It's it's yeah, no, it's it's serious. We, well, I mean, it's a good segue now to go talk and, about the. But just wait. Before, uh, what do you think that they will carry on doubling, doubling up? up? They'll do the double at the games. No. I, I think, think the Kiwis. Oh, I don't you know. think so. 
it will be very tough because I feel like because if if one crew doesn't yes that then gives them a big advantage. advantage. Although, does it really though? Because in, so just put it to like think about it like this: Yes, you're doubling up and you're doing two events, but you're gonna race your heat in the pair. You're gonna get in the eight and you do heat in the eight. These are all top crews, so they should go through. Mm. Well, like they did not. So the Kiwis went through in the heat, and then they don't have to. Then they just go back into the pair race, the pair, the quarter, the semi, the final. Don't think about the eight, then get into the eight. Yeah, so it, it can work because, like, yeah, no, it does make sense. Because I mean, even if they, so even if they want a pair to be the priority boat, the pair would be their priority boat anyway. Because, like you said, they'll do the heat, then they'll do the heat for the for the eight. They because their top crews, like you say, should get through. They shouldn't worry about a rep charge in the eight. So then the rest of the week. They just have to worry about the pair. But then, if you put in like uh, now the Aussies who did the heat in the in the eight had to go race now, then had to go race a rep. So that's now a whole nother race in the legs, yeah. and then go jump getting in the eight. So, and I wonder if them going into the into the pair only is worth the other crews then going into the pair only. But although, like for for if I was like in the Kiwis position, you like you really want to win that eight as well. Yes. The eight really wants Kerry and Grace in the boat because with Kerry and Grace in the boat, you can see the, how much value they add. Yeah. Because New Zealand women's eight dominant. Well, that's the first win they've ever had ever in the eight. That's in the really eight. cool. That's really, first really ever cool. win for them, which is really cool. Yeah. But if I was as the coach, I want Kerry and Grace in my women's eight. Yeah, and like you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about Australia and. Canada because it's a bit different with him but if New Zealand I want Kerry and Grace in that I think that I think that the Kiwis will stay in both and I think maybe the Australians I think will, the be, will be saying and the Canadians and are will in the go pay. into the yeah. pair because like for the Kiwis if you maybe sacrifice a little bit in the pair but you can win a gold in the eight then you can maybe you, you have a chance of two golds mm maybe a gold and a silver yeah because if you stop the eight you can only win one medal then yeah and also at the olympic games because there's a limited amount of entries i don't think that there's going to be less racing so i don't there won't be a quarterfinal for the pairs oh yes yeah so, so it would be well. easier to double up at the games in theory because the racing is less i must say that i have so much respect for these ladies that are doing double two, doing no, two events tough. No. i would really really struggle because to Think of how badly they hurt themselves on Saturday and then they have to go in and race again on Sunday. And, and against the same people as well. Against the same people. It's, it's <laughs> Yes, you have up. another six people with you, but whoa, that must be hot. Um, yeah, I mean we, we might as well keep talking about the women's eight because yeah, we are we on that it. we've been we've been on that page. I mean we've I, mean, I, I said it earlier, like New Zealand really dominant performance from them um, coming away with the win. So Really, really tough to see that. And uh, we've spoken about doubling up. I think it's a bit disappointing to see the USA Ace having struggling a little bit, hey? Yeah, I thought they were going to be a lot better. Like, uh, they seem to, like, be really dominant when they split into the fours earlier in the season uh, when they raced some of the World Cups. And I thought that they were going to be really, they were going to be a bit more in the picture. But I think give them some time. Like, I don't think it's been an easy mm. cycle for them. And, like, you know, if they've come off, like, huge results last cycle. So maybe they're just struggling to just find their own kind of formula again uh, but I think they'll be pretty dangerous next year especially in the, I mean in the 8 that's their boat class yeah it is their boat class and uh, that's why I think you would want 
carrying grace in there because knowing that you have competitors like the USA and the USA Women's Aid Program. I mean, we've spoken to Emma Regan, the Emily Regan. Sorry, that's that's that sounds that's a proper setup there. They have a huge amount of depth, lots of resources, and a serious competitive system. Yeah, because I also spoke to you. I bumped into uh, Felix uh, Mueller, the Balgo from the, the women's eights uh, on our adventures after World Champs and yeah, she was just uh, saying like talking about it, the training and I was like yeah so I think they they get there but they I mean they're still on the podium eh mm. they got a bronze medal yeah so I mean so it's not it's, I mean I, I guess we should we should we probably been talking about this like it's it's a one horse race at the moment no but the eight is not a one eight horse is, race no that's what I'm saying the eight is not a one horse race like I think they the New Zealand is really good, USA really good, Australia really good in the eight, and I think there are a lot of other crews there that can that can really put their hands up. Yeah, I'm really. There's just every event is like just got it's so much stacked. Yeah, it's really cool. No, no, it's, it's really cool. Let's jump back to what do we want? Uh, women's four. Seems that we're on the women's events. Let's go um, women's four. I thought. Uh, you know what actually I like about the women's four, Jakey? Now I'm just looking at my notes. Is I feel like it's a really cool boat class to watch for like as a, a technical boat class mm. because I feel like the 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 it's the the like match between the like speed of the boat and the weight of the boat is always like really good. It's like why we why watching the lightweight four is always so nice because you can like really see the lightweights like. They're really squeezing everything they can out of the boat. Mm. Uh, they like the technical elements are really, really fine, and it's, I feel like it's similar. Whereas like heavyweights, often it's just power. Yeah. Like watching the Polish four, like yes, they're rowing well, but it's power that's getting them down the track. Whereas like lighty four and women's four, it's like a lot of finesse and a lot of skill going down the track. So I like, really like watching that event because like you got the Dutch uh, women and they row so long, so no, so nice in the water. And it's really, really cool to watch. And then, like on top of that, there's a lot of other crews around there that yeah. are just like really, really cool. To I watch. think the Danish, the Danish, for, uh, the Danish for uh, also had a really, really good uh, season. They didn't come away with the win at uh, World Championships, but they they performed really well in the World Cups. Um, so I think obviously um, they must be a bit upset with uh, with that that result, but. Coming, getting the bronze medal at World Champs, I'm sure they must be chuffed because that's a big season for them. And like you said, I think the yeah, I think the the, the balance of te- technique and power is crucial. I think for these women, and I think it's awesome. I mean, next year is the first time we see a women's four at the Olympic Games, and uh, I'm excited to see, uh, see that in action. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Now you said it for a long time that this is a great addition. Like it's a pity that it had to take out the yeah, end of the slide to four, but it was a great addition to, to the to rowing the... Uh, rowing program. And like it's really cool to see uh, countries like uh, like Denmark really coming to the front there. Um, just really really cool. And it gives opportunities for athletes, more athletes, and uh, more countries kind of put up their hands. Um, so it's going to be really cool to see what happens next year. And I think also. Um, maybe this is a good point to speak about those Aliante riggers because I mean we spoke earlier that Croatia did really well with the Aliante riggers in the pair yeah so Jakey the Aliante riggers really really interesting really really interesting to to see them coming to the coming into the picture so obviously Felipe have been working really hard on this design because they tried to release it a while ago when they released the sculling Aliante rigger mm. 
and then speaking to to David at uh, at the regatta, David Filippi, uh, he was saying that they really struggle with the like flex of the boat and getting like the 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 boat strong enough to hold that rigger because the rigger from the back is much longer than the rigger from the front. Like it, it needs to be much longer because like there's uh, just a long more distance to cover to the pin. And yeah, so they said they really struggle with the boat feel and like getting the boat strong enough to handle that pressure. But they've been doing a huge amount of work and they say that the boat, just the boat by itself with the, the new Alianti rigger is like up to 30% more rigid than the other design. Mm. That's crazy. No, it is crazy. And uh, the crews that have been rowing with the Alianti riggers have been doing well. Well, every crew that raced Alianti at this regatta, podium. Yeah, so they're, they're, I think we're going to see the, uh, people picking it up um, next year. Because I think any coach worth their salt is going to look here. And maybe it's a small sample size, but you, you're looking at the crews with them and they're doing well. For me, it makes sense because it's like the, 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 the rigger, the force going into the pin is going directly backwards into the boat mm. attached there. It's like... It doesn't make that much sense with the backstay and the front thing. Like, yes, it's like, it's easier maybe to get it right. But I think the back rigger is, it sounds way better. Yeah. And I mean, I know we're saying that they, all the, all those crews are doing well. There are only, there were only four crews racing it as far as I know at this world champ. So it was the Croatian men's pair, clear victors, um, the Romanian and the Dutch women's four, and then Australian women's pair. Yeah. So really, really cool. And and speaking to the Croatians about it, they were really, uh, really solid. And, and they've come from the double where they've been rowing the Alianti rigger the whole time. And uh, going into this one, they just said straight away when they got into the boat, it felt more like the double. Yeah. The pickup of the boat, because I think it changes something. So there's something yeah. about how it picks up the boat. It's like a bit heavier on the front end. And uh, because we also know that the New Zealand girls tried it and they, they didn't, didn't like it. it. And they moved back to the... Standard rig. Maybe they're going to move. They'll have a second look. Yeah. But yeah. that's very interesting. And I wonder how many more countries are going to pick that up. Yeah, I know it is. It is very interesting. And uh, I think more countries will pick it up. Because I definitely think the coaches out there, I mean, less so the athletes, but I think the coaches out there will definitely take notice and, and, and put it forward. And now the next the next event that I think uh, it's going to be interesting to chat about is the, the women's quad. And the reason why I think the women's quad is, is going to be really cool to chat about is because this event is where China is coming through with some really strong performances because the, the Chinese women's quad has been a powerhouse this season. They have been winning everything that they've been entering. So it's also cool to see that Stephen Redgrave's program in China, China and, and the management Jake. system... Sir, Sir Stephen Redgrave. Sir Stephen Redgrave. Please. I apologize. Sir Stephen Redgrave's program in China with the Chinese team is clearly working because um, there's definitely more Chinese participation throughout the year, and their crews are doing better. Um, but the women's quite especially has been super dominant this this uh, this season. Yeah, it was really cool, and especially you know if you go back in the season, they raced uh, Henley, and I think it was the first Chinese crew to win a Henley. Yeah, which is really really cool. That's cool, and uh, just cool to see that happening. I mean, I know we we like always going on about New Zealand, Australia, GB, you know, and now it's really cool to to have, have a country to to speak about. I just hope I'm really hoping that the the China will have some like um, 
will push more of the Asian rowing because it would be awesome to see more Asian representation. I just think um, there's a lot. I just think we are not exposed to it at all. At all, yeah. It would be cool to, to see more of that on the world stage because I think rowing can definitely still become much more of a global sport than it already is. So I think China, it's so good to see the, the Chinese program really uh, working really well. Yeah, because also the double crushed. And yeah. the double, they looked so strong and uh, and just really, really cranking down the track. And like, the, really cool to... The strokeman's legs has got a funny pickup on the finish. But yeah. they, they, they were that double race in the I final. mean, the double is crazy tight and like so competitive at the moment. So yeah. for them to just come in... And, uh, and bat it out like that is really, really cool. Yeah, for me, actually, the men's double, for me, I said last year, last season, I spoke a lot about how a lightweight women's double was the Gladiator event. This year, I don't know who the Gladiator event event, but it's between two events. We haven't spoken about one, and we're just touching now. The men's double is definitely my candidate for the Gladiator event because it has been so close throughout the season. World champs, the Chinese... Uh, winning like that that was really impressive from them because if I look at European champs if I look at the other World Cups it has been so close down the track there's been multiple changes in, in yeah, the, the medal order all the, time. the world champions from last year have been at the back of the pack they've been really good guys that are now at the back of the pack they've been guys that are new to the, the, the sport that are at the front the guys have been doing not so well that are now at the front too so it's it's really opening up and I, if I think you, you have like the Chinese quad, the Swiss quad, the Dutch quad, the German quad, the Irish quad, the New Zealand quad, the French quad, uh, the Romanian quad. These are all guys that can do really well. The GB quad. I've already named nine quad. I mean nine doubles. Quads. Yeah, you were throwing me out there. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, nine yeah, I'm doubles. Sure, we are speaking about the double. Now you're like quads, quads, yeah. quads. I'm like. Did I just black out? No, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting the fever here. But anyway, nine. Those are nine crews I've just named out there that have really dominant performance in the season. So next year at the Olympic Games, the the men's, I think the men's double. If this, if they stay like this form, it's going to be seriously competitive because those nine guys have been meddling throughout the season. So it's very cool. It's very cool to see. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, let's go. Which one do you want to discuss next? There's so many. We just put a well, hand in the bag. The second Gladiator event for me is the men's single. Oh my god! The men's single skulls has been on another level this year. <laughs> it's what the is going on, dude? I watched that was the one the race I watched the, uh, the most. most recently yeah. and the most from World Champs. Shit, that race is. is it's insane. Wild. And the reason, I'm just gonna, there are lots of reasons actually, but let me start off. The reason I really love this event this year is because there are so many kind of new names that have come out the cycle that are dominating the single scene. I mean, Chetel Borsch has been, he won a bronze medal in the double, but he's really putting his hand up. This cycle's awesome. Sphere Nielsen, brilliant. He's been absolutely on another level. You've Oli Ziedler. I mean, he's the he's golden boy that we're talking yeah. about. Steph Bruniak has a cracker season this year in the men's single skulls too. And Steph Bruniak, he's the spare man. He's the spare man for the quad. That's oh, that's that's too much. I don't know who told me that. And um, this might be a mix, but I I can't remember who I was talking to. I can't remember, but I was told he is the spare man to the Dutch, uh, the Dutch quad. I think if that is true, that's insane. But I, I mean, it sounds. 
very plausible. The Dutch quad is winning. Oh, yeah, the now. Dutch quad. We'll Killing get to them just now. But yes, the men's single skull. And like, I mean, even there even names like, I mean, Pilip Pivako from Bulgaria. He's also, I mean, he won a medal at the Rotterdam World, World Champs. He had a cracker race at Europeans. I know he didn't have such a good world championships, but he's there. You have um, Andre Sinek. He's been really good. Okay, but wait. Let's just go back to this World Champs race. Okay, World Champs because, race. Okay, so if you took Ali, if you went to like 300 meters to go, 300 oh, yes. meters to go, and you took out, so you, Chetel Walsh is winning at that point. Yes. And you took out Ali, uh, Mandangas, uh, or you took out them all these guys, and you just took Chetel and Cynic, and you raced them down the track, you'd be like, whoa, that's like, a close race. It's not like that close, but not it's close. close but it's it's close. close. It's like you're gonna be like, yo, Cynic had a really cracker race. Then you have to add in four other crews in between. In between them, them two. Yeah. And a different result at the finish. Oh is, my no. soul. That race was insane. And I think oh, there's so many things to talk about. Like you uh Chris that guy was on another level. I feel like he's he's like inconsistent but when he's on form he is on fire he came back with the late rattle Sverry Nielsen really strong throughout the performance Oli Ziedler getting put under pressure Steph Bruniak right there on the st- it was it was crazy um, but yeah I think big big congratulations to Oli on his first world championship win he sent us a, a voice note uh, chatting about world champs and it was really awesome to hear that well let's hear what he has to say Hi guys, and thank you for asking me to create some content for the show again. It's a big pleasure for me. Um, I would say that 2019 was a pretty good season for me. I learned a lot about my competitors, about myself and my boat feeling. And all the experience from 2019 I will use for 2020. And I think I'm mentally well prepared for 2020 now. I won the German Championships this year first, then Europeans, Henley and the World Championships. So all the regattas I really wanted to win. And um, this shows that I'm not this 2018 one season wonder many others expected me to be. But towards and in 2020, there's still a lot of work to do, of course, as I was not able to score a medal on every regatta this year, even on the bad days. I want to win a medal next year, and this is my ultimate goal for 2020. <clears throat> Just to recap the World Championship final, um, I have to say that it was a real thriller, and my hair still go up if I think about the last 500 meters. My heart rate is still raising. This is uh, such a such a thrilling race. I still can't believe it. Um, but by far it was not the best race of my life or not even close to a perfect race. I think I just succeeded by staying with me and not um, getting confused by any um, other things around me. So uh, for example, 300 meters in the race, I realized that I haven't started my speed coach. Then 750 after the start, Sverry and Steph came up and overtook me, which was not my race plan, but it didn't matter. And after 1,500 meters, um, I realized that I was out of a medal position, which was 
terrible because this was the minimum goal for this year to uh, get a medal at the World Championships and suddenly I was out and then I just started to move again, tried to get Steph and Sverry um, and I was quite confident that I will stay in front of them but Kettle had this out had this outside lane and I had really bad overview over over the field and um, even after passing the line I was not sure if, if I passed him or not and um, then immediately as I saw uh, on the screen a Norway third um, I was sure that I won this gold medal and just raised the arm just before the official result was was up Holy a thriller the yes. hairs are standing this, on the back of my neck yeah no that was I think you said it well there was a thriller and it, for me it was it has to be one of the best races of all time if not the best men's single race of all time I feel like there might be better like performances from people like yes. Olaf 2004 games it's like you're just watching and you're like this guy's yeah and he's think, the best in yeah. the world at this point where he's watching this race you're coming into the last 200 100 meters and you're like you don't even know who's the best in the world mm. at that point no so like maybe maybe like maybe there isn't a standout person in the in the field at the moment or you have a lot of standout people in the field at the moment yeah. but all it is making is like crazy cool racing i think at the moment we have a lot of standout performers in the field and I mean, like, if I think of standout men's scholars' performance, we also got to talk about Rio, like the race between Damian Martin and, and, and uh, Mahi Drazda that was insane. I'm bringing up Rio, though, for different reasons. That, they were insane for those first two positions, but if you look at that Rio race, the rest of the field was quite far down on them. Cynic is not that far down. Well, Cynic was close to them, but if you look at this race, you had, you don't see that often in yeah, this single. Actually, Cynic is probably... He's probably closer to gold in this, this race, race than, than he was to in that the race. race. And he's third. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, very, that was very cool. Very cool race. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what happens next year. And like I said... Yeah, and also shout to Ali for just saying... Yeah, thanks, that, thanks uh, Ali, for the, for the message, man. And congrats on your gold medal. That that's was very, very cool. Yeah. And, uh, but, like, there's a lot of work for these colors for next year because people are going to be hungry. And, I mean, like, take Cynic sixth place here but like he must have the belief that he can win a gold medal at the games and I mean he's been yeah. denied 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 the gold at the games yeah. so you know like oh, it's going to be cool to watch no it's going to be cool to watch and actually like I don't even know who I like I mean like I really dig Oli I think that that guy's a machine he's just getting yeah. better and better and better but also like I, I, I like a lot of these colors they're, no, like, they're, they're really all, cool they're people. all cool you like there's no one there that you don't want to win I mean like Sven Nielsen it's his first season He's won a medal in his career. Yeah. First season, he won in Poland. That was his first ever medal in his rowing career. So, yeah. and then to, how to kind of put a race like that yeah, together really, really well. I mean, everyone's rowing their socks off. And the reason why I like this event is you have a couple rows that are off form, but you know if they are in good form, they're going to be one of the best in the world. And two rows that we've that have been haven't been performing as well as they could be, uh, Robbie Manson and uh, Damian Martin. Those guys find the form that they have, it is going to make this event absolutely insane. I don't know. Manson, I don't know. He's a world... But he's broken the world record. He... By a, a good couple seconds. His best race is insane. But his ability to put his best race on... 
is is yeah. really but shaky. This is the Olympics now. But also, I don't understand. Like, so like, if you watch the B final there, he's coming through halfway and he's lost, and he's not lost by a little, but he's well down. Then he is putting on a second five thousand meters at like 40. that would probably put him. It would probably be like the fastest thousand meters of the regatta in the skull, mm. and he wins the B final. Yeah. So even like, oh, he just sneaks into the the qualification. So like, when he's turning speed, he's untouchable. Yes. But like, what is he doing the first half of the know, race to I put himself know. in that position? I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm saying he's off form. Yeah. But the fact that he set the record. Yeah. No. He's no still doubt. an active rower. He set the world record. And I think he took four seconds off the men's single record. Three. And you three seconds off the men's single record. And look at the people that have rowed in the men's single in the past. So he can. He's if he finds form, he's going to be a huge spicy mix. Damian Martin, I mean, you but know do you from think, Rio. Okay, but do, wait before we finish on on Manson. Oh, I've yes, heard I that uh, that yes. Mahi says Spice. that Mahi came out and said, if you want a result in Rio, you put him in a single. Mm. And you think he'll go in? Uh, well, I mean, Manson beat my hair. I don't know. Mahi sure. was pretty bad in the in the single at uh, Henley. Henley, but I mean, like defense. My defense, to Robbie, is is that he beat my hair in selection. So like, I was just like really upset that uh, that Mahi and and them didn't qualify that yeah. eight because like that was it was imagine like imagine if they were like boxing in the front there and now you've got like Olympic champion in the skull, two time Olympic champion in the skull. Olympic champion in the pair now in the eight and like ducking it along yeah no, it just shows it, you how different the boat classes yeah, it's are it's different and it's tough like it's really really tough and like I mean I know that they must be really disappointed with the result but I think ugh, dude you cannot you can't you can't write a script for this stuff like it's it's crazy and I think the New Zealand eight I think they are going to qualify and I think they're going to be a threat to the Olympic Games and in the in the main single like I don't know it may, maybe uh, my, my I think I don't know, but I think Mahe Hamish is also trying for the men's single. So it's going to be interesting. Mm. But, I mean, Robbie, like, if the guy finds his form, he's going to be insane. He's going to be unbeatable. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was our race. Like, we're talking about going into to the awards, but, like, I'm pretty sure our race of last year was, was his race. His race was soon. And, yeah. And it was so phenomenal. Was but another disappointing thing was Angel Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. I mean, what happened? happened? He was on the podium this year. Yes, he was on the podium in Poland. He was on the podium in Poland. And then he didn't not only not qualify, he he didn't make a C final, he didn't make a D final, he made the E final. Yeah. Yeah, he had a terrible regret. I feel... I feel for the guy, but uh, yeah, something's not going right there. I wonder. It must be. It must, it be must some something issues. is something is not right. Yeah, it's not good to see the big man all the way back in the yeah. E final. But I think he's also gonna. I mean, that just makes this qualification for the men single spicy. Yeah, but he can do um, angle there. Yeah, but he can do continental, like South America, okay, continental yeah. qualification. Yeah, yeah. Talking about this gladiator event, let's go to another gladiator or last year's gladiator event. Lighty Women's Lighty Double. Women's double. Yeah. I mean, we already discussed how brutal the seven spots were and how just absolutely it's really, really yeah. hard to watch people that are like possible medalists and then they're like they're not even qualifying for the games. It's yeah. really, really brutal. But I mean like this this is this is the year of the New Zealand Lighty Double of Zoe McBride and Jackie Kittle. Well we could just say it's the year of New Zealand women. The New Zealand women's year, yes. But I mean like in, in the Lighty Women's double they've been so dominant. 
they have yeah. been really i mean that world's champions race they were untouchable in every single heat semi uh final like i mean he, they're one of the most dominant crews at the moment in the event Dude, they yeah, they looked so good. They're so strong, and they're getting so close to the record. Oh, the yes. record! This record needs to go. The record is bullshit, dude. It's, fuck, it needs to go. It dude. needs to go now, Ashley. Every... Like, someone, please break that fucking record. <laughs> Every regatta, we have lighting women's doubles rowing nearly like often within a second or two of the world record, and like yeah. me and Jake were having a look at the numbers and like. For instance, like if you look at uh, some of the other events, people don't even come close to the yeah. record. Like men's pair, no one has been under six twelve, and the Kiwis have been six or eight twice. Yes. And then like it's just there's 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 a few events. Yeah, where, like, the men's four also similar like that. Like uh, I mean, in the men's four, like if a four's going under five fifty, that's a quick race, and the record is a five thirty eight. Yeah. 37. 37. 537? Oh, no. Yeah, the lighty women's double. That record is primed to get broken. Yeah, so someone needs to take that thing. Also, especially if light if lighted run goes from this games, someone needs to put that thing at a proper standard yeah. before it ends. No, it needs to go. I, someone needs to bust that, that door but down. But they do. They just need a sniff of a tail. And like, I think on. if they'd raced on the Sunday yes. in the quicker conditions yes. it would have been gone yeah, it would have been gone um, yeah so wait, we'll see we'll see we'll see yeah um, let's go men's quad Dutch the Dutch that's another I mean we've we spoke about dominant performance of lightweight women's double the Dutch men's quad have probably been the most dominant crew of this year's rowing season out of all the events um they have been so untouchable and they also rode they've been rowing disgustingly quick and the races that they've been putting down like their race at European Championships was insane well if you go watch the race at European Champions it might be the best rowing you've ever seen yes textbook uh, yeah they are just that is just so beautiful and now if you watch that and you kind of understand how the spare man Steph Bruniak will be in the main single spicing it up almost yeah. winning the medal world champ so yeah the Dutchman squad it's it's insane like uh, they, they really are if they hold this form they're going to win a gold medal in Tokyo so I think uh, and I mean also big obviously congratulations winning and also they've done incredible stuff to have such a cracker season and like the Germans I mean I know that they they haven't had the best last few years but they did have they are Olympic champions they're they're Olympic champions I think they're some yeah and also the Italians are world championship I mean world uh, champions yeah and they finished third Um, and you have a couple other quads that are really good to polish you have GB in the B in the the B final but they shouldn't be there they shouldn't be there they they should be up at the front Uh, you have the Polish that are also really good um, and New Zealand's men's quad has been up and there about so like wow. the event and you have our favourite quad old uh, Norway oh yeah Olaf, yeah. shout Olaf out, shout out to, to to Olaf for getting his quads well it wasn't just him but yeah shout out to the, the, them for qualifying uh, I think awesome if you asked him he would probably say it as the others <laughs> I think we have a we have a note from him though so let's listen uh, to see what he says hello Jake, just a um, little quick summary from my own little gym back on the farm. Um, 2019 has been kind of special. Uh, we ended up uh, in the quad and 
we've been picking that chord down to the last bit and we wrote terrible actually for a long period but in my mind i knew this was coming and then we started to pick it up the last couple of weeks until the worlds and we felt pretty okay during the races our worst race was actually the semi-finals where we put a new norwegian record but somebody named china just beat us to the line and i don't like to be beaten in the finish lines I don't do that very often. So B final was really, really a lot of nerves from everybody. And thank God we managed to press down the pedal in the last bit of the race. And we finished off seven, qualified for Olympic games. My guys going to Tokyo first time in their life to Olympic games. I think I've been there before about six times. So this will be my seventh Olympics. I'm really looking forward and hopefully at age 44, I will still got some power left in the engine to pull along with the guys. Looking forward. See you guys over there. Good luck for the training. Yeah, so thanks uh, for Olaf to for sending us that. It's really, really cool. Really great to hear how you're, how that's all going, and, and it's really, really nice. Um, yeah, just. Oh God, it was cool to watch him qualify it was for his seventh Olympic, Olympic seven yes. Olympic Games. They only come around every four, every four years. years. That is nineteen ninety six. That's a lot of fucking years of rowing. Yeah, that is a lot of years of rowing. He's a yeah, he's a he's a big man. Yeah, yeah, awesome to see that. Um, and uh, that's I th- also think this is this is a record that could go too. The Dutch men's quad is getting close, mm. getting close to that record. No, there's a lot of people getting close to records. Yeah. Like, and this this race course was really fair. It was really nice, and on some of the days it was really quick. Mm. I mean, like uh, the the men's eight road really really close to the world record. Yeah, I think they got the highest percentage of the whole regatta. Yeah, so big stuff. And um, another another big event to talk about is the women's single skull, and there are a lot of big names here too. And Sunita Puspure, it's been another year for the woman from Ireland. And yeah, she really, I mean, really another dominant performance. She um, she had big names. It was also a big talking point with Emma Twig having her comeback season. But Sunita came through with the, the, the win. And it's, it's, it's really good to see. World champion from 2018, world champion 2019. Olympic gold medal in 2020. I don't know. Maybe... But we'll see. At the rate she's going, who's who says that she can't do it? And it's another uh, reigning champion. So as we said, there's not many of them. So yeah, there are not many double world champions, and Sunita is yeah. a double world champion. And yeah, but just really, really, I mean, that field is is also getting shaken up quite a lot, though. It is getting shaken up because now, so you had. Gamelin, when we interviewed Gamelin, she was really dominant. She was yeah. really crushing she, it. And now she hadn't she's, lost the rest yet. And she's, she's now finished fifth because yeah. you have Vicky Thornley coming back. She's in fourth. You've got uh, the USA lady. Caracola. Yeah, she's nice. Jakey, nice with the names. The names, knowledge. Yes, just the knowledge flowing <laughs> from you, dude. I've molded you. It molded me. <laughs> now I'm getting lazy and I'm not even getting some of the names. Um, yeah, coming in third. So it's just like, it's really, really cool to see new people pushing standard and really driving it on and Twig coming back in. Yeah. Oh, and that's going to be cool. I think that's going to be a big dice. And I think we also, I mean, like Napkova from Czechoslovakia, she's has been on the best form, but she's had a couple of good performances. European, she raced really well. And then you also have the Danish scholar 
feet would be Ericsson who's can also mix things up. And the thing, this field, this field is a field of people that have uh, these. These are these are veterans racing each other here. Mm -hmm. Uh, these um, these women here um, they've they've there's not their, their first rodeo and I think they've been doing um, it's really good to see like uh, people that have been around the block and really uh, putting out really good performances it's oh, dude it's gonna be crazy I can't wait to watch that event next year like I can't even like it's just anything could happen really anything could happen yeah what's what have we left Jake this women's double women's double yeah pretty intense yeah B final B final. This is the only event we're going to start off talking about the B final. So 11 spots up for grabs. Last spot doesn't make Man, it. doesn't make it. And this race. No, don't tell them yet you qualified. I'm just saying, the people that are listening, Italy, halfway through the race, lost. Maybe just pause. If you're in traffic, pull over to the side, yes. pause, and go and watch that B final yes, watch race. it because mental mental Italy last at the 1k Italy first at the 2k mark and it was brutal it, it was, was so close it was very and like close. Italy's last and everyone's like kind of writing them off they start coming back in the picture and everyone realizes like oh my god okay this race is not over yeah not even close and people just start cashing chips left and right madness mm. it's also madness it was very close uh, spread from like first to sixth place and um, yeah I mean that was insane it's just another another reason why like the qualification you're such a good is, is makes racing so much more interesting because the B finals are have got that much more importance on them than usual and in non Olympic year maybe you wouldn't have seen a race like that in the B final I mean it's it's just good to see when you have uh, Olympic spots on line. People yeah. go all out. You have hopes and dreams on the hopes line. Hopes and dreams on the line. Um, but also a final, also a really good race. I mean, uh, it was actually also really close at the, t the top order of things. Um, big shout out to New Zealand uh, world champions. I think Romania had a really good race. What, Jake? Another New Zealand women's crew oh, yes. that is winning? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. No, that's insane. Like, We've, I mean, if you haven't picked up, New Zealand, the New Zealand women's rowing is on another level this year. I think they've picked up four golds and one silver. New Zealand picked up four golds and two silver. The women picked up four golds and one silver. So it just goes oh. to show they are really. Yeah, really the men's team ball. got the the bronze and uh, the silver medal in the, the pair. Men's pair, only medal. Mm. Women, women's pair gold. Women's eight gold. Women's double gold. Women's lightweight double gold. Emma Twig in the single silver. So, yeah. Wild. And it just means that the qualification opportunities next year is going to be awesome for the for those for the women athletes from New Zealand. Yeah, because then on top of that, the, the other events, they most of them qualified. I think the only one you were saying was the only one that didn't qualify was, was the women's four. four. Yeah, the women's four is the only one the women's quite also qualified. That's insane. I mean, wait, hold on. The only events that didn't medal were the women's quite and the women's four. And the women's quite did qualify. They came fifth. I think the women's four didn't qualify. So... Big selection opportunities there. But, I mean, crazy. Just to think, when we spoke to Kerry and Grace, like they were so G'd up that they qualified the eight last cycle because it was the first time a woman's eight has qualified for the qualified, Games. Yeah. And now you've got like, them boxing for gold and yeah. going into the Olympics as Olympic as reigning champions. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good to see. And uh, going back to the race, I mean, the women's double of eight final was insane. I think USA were really dominant and they, they, they obviously couldn't stay with the, the sprints coming back with the fifth position 
it's a bit of disappointing, but it's awesome to see the comeback of Geneva Stone. It's really good to see her back uh, on the rowing scene. Um, I know that she likes to row in the single skull, so we'll have to see if she's going to stay in the double or she's going to move back into the single. I think she she's going to try trial for the single again. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it's it was a good event. Awesome to see. I think it's also another event that's just really cool to watch. Uh, just the technical rowing again, mm-hmm. as we were saying about the women's four, women's double. Like, if you're a scholar, go and watch the rowing. Like, if you're at school and you you're rowing in the skull, you're rowing in a double quad. Go and watch those races because the way that those ladies are rowing down the track, that's how you want to row. Mm. Like when I get in the double, yo, if I have a finish, like uh, like the the Kiwis or, or like uh, Geneva Stone, then that's <laughs> that's the way I want to yeah. finish. Yeah, no, no, that's so really it's really, really cool. And yeah. Uh, and and yeah, go have a look at that stuff. It's really good rowing. But I think. Um overview of like of all the events i think oh shit no wait the one event we haven't spoken about is the men's eight. Oh, i thought we weren't going to speak about that no did you, you want to speak no about we're going to speak about that i think it's, it's worth our time. <laughs> i think we need to speak about so it it's worth our time yeah <laughs> no men's eight germany just showing just showing that everyone needs to chill what happened in rotterdam it's not going to happen again we but we told this. you results rotterdam bullshit yeah rotterdam just Throw that in the the waste paper basket. That can go in the same trash bag as the Bulgaria World Cup one. Yeah, no, that was terrible. So <laughs> German eights, and that was a dominant performance. I mean, every single year, people are like, "Oh, it's going to be close." You know, it was close there. World Championships comes along, one k length out the front. So the German Deutschland Achter is a machine, and I think. They're the crew to beat at the Olympic Games next year. But they often do get beat at the Olympic Games, though. They won London, and then they didn't win at Rio. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the British eight were very... It dominant. was the second British eight, the second crew, though. The British eight? Yeah, the four was top, yeah. and then the, the eight. But still, dude, I mean, the but British were, eight, yeah. though. For anyway, a second boat. They must really want this, though. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big one, because that's... I also think, like... It was a little bit different, like so going into world champs and like especially being at the course and watching these crews row. Like the Germans, they usually are, you know they have that like German precision. You're mm-hmm. watching them and like everyone's blade, the, the even the colors of the oars uh, of the flag on the oars lines up, catches perfectly. Everything is like pristine. Whereas this time watching them row, it was like it was a little bit. It was not messy. I'm not gonna. I won't go saying messy, but it wasn't like. Precision. It wasn't precision like it usually is. Yeah. And I think that's where like, oh, people are like, no way. What's happened to them? They're not rowing so nicely. Come out the blocks and it's just power and it's together and it's yeah. doing... Uh, the German 8, they... Doesn't always need to look pretty to be fast. No, it doesn't. Speed and trumps everything. Yeah, speed, boat speed is king. But also, I think the, the Dutch men's 8 is definitely also... Had had they had a really good race, they were bloody quick too. Oh, I mean, also, I really liked it though because they really had to go to the rep, eh? Yeah, and then they, oh, they yes. went to the rep and they told Martin Cross that they because they they have a lightweight in their boat and they he was up in the like six or seven seat and then they swapped him into the bow seat with whoever was in the bow and then they told Martin Cross they made the change, they rode one session and they were like, No, we found. I don't know, they said something ridiculous, like it's six seconds quicker or four seconds quicker. And then like everyone was talking about this. 
Come out to final. Six seconds there quicker, we go, boy, boy. In the pack. Yeah, it was a really cool race for them. I mean, yeah. that was that was a fast race. I think they were 99% something. Yeah. Of the no, they rode under, under 620. Uh, so, you know, then it's quite... 520. Oh, so, so, you know, it's bloody quick, yeah. The Dutch uh, and the German 8. Yeah. I, mean, I would really, like to do that one eights, day, Jakey. Yeah. Come what? through the 1500 meters... Four minutes into the race. Oh, yeah. Four minutes. Yeah. Four minutes. It takes you four minutes and they're at the 1500 meter mark and then they've got 500 meters left. That's just upsetting. It's the different event. It's not even the same. Five minutes race, basically. You race five minutes and you have 20 seconds of pain. Done. I think you have five minutes. Yeah, no, you have five minutes. I think you have twenty seconds and then five minutes of pain. Oh no, I think yeah, that the the intensity of the men's eight is think is you won't find that anywhere else, especially at the blocks. But you know, like we don't really speak about much because there's not really any coxes uh, in any of the other events. But like having uh, Martin Sauer in the German eight must be huge Mm. because this guy has been rowing since like I think around two thousand two. He was first started uh, touching into the German 8 so that's like nearly 20 years of experience mm. he must be basically like a coach yeah that you have in the boat down the track yeah if I could have our coach in the boat down the track down the track yeah, it, you would want be, it would be pretty pleasant yeah and I think I think the Cox I mean the, I think the Cox has the ability to add so much value to the boat and I feel like a lot of the time like might not, you might not get that value but I think Martin Sauer is maybe the key to the German Dutchland actor, I would say. But then, like, other results, okay, so really cool from them. Uh, really good from the Dutch to come second. The British, I thought I would expect a little bit more from them, but mm. although I think the other two had phenomenal races to beat them, the, the British are so good at just hitting their good race consistency all the time. They're batting out good stuff. Then... Australia uh, had Australia and the USA and I, I was surprised I thought USA was going to be much quicker USA yeah. had a blinder heat yeah they really should have been further up the field and like you know, I mean I don't know what they why they were boxing for the back of the pack but this event in the other events you talk about B final qualification for the games the men's 8 but if you're going to the A final you haven't qualified yet you have to race Top five to get it to the game. So the last person in the A final doesn't make the cut. Unfortunately, this time around, it was New Zealand. And it was close, too. It was close. Like, that race that race around the bottom order of the A final was really close. Um, That's another race. Actually, I don't know. Like, usually we just suggest you, like, go watch one or two races after these regattas. But, like, if you're working, take an afternoon off. If you're at school, go skip some classes go sit and watch everything that came down yeah. the track because it's just race it's after race is yeah. worth watching it is watch- it's, it's, it's worth watching. watching all of these races over nearly all of the other races yes that have happened throughout the year yeah no I think I mean overall if I look across all the events it's been it's been way more competitive than I feel like in previous years there have been events that usually aren't that close that are super super close and I think overall, I mean, the racing has been treat like you're really getting spectator value. And um, I mean, we usually like we, deliberately we don't speak about every event because it just becomes too much, and too yes. much. But like this time, we like going through. We like, oh, do you have to mention this event because of this? And we have to mention this event because of this. And we're like, holy shit! It's like for the first time we have like really, really cool results and yes. cool talking points on every single event, which is really just well done, world rowing. That's really tops. I don't yeah. know what you did, but. Nice. You did something nice. good. Nice. Well done. Yeah, that's been really good. 
So I think that wraps up our season recap. Season wrap, recap is done. Now for the red carpet to roll out. Not quite yet, actually. We just no, right now. Let's go, boy. Red, no, man. Red carpet is for the winners. Oh, yeah. You just okay. have to nominate. No, the nominations. They can come up. Yeah. Give a little Later. speech. Yes. Oh, also, thanks to, to people that sent us the messages. Uh, it was really, really cool just getting that little snippet of insight into your races, into your season. So yeah, if we messaged you and you got back to us, you guys Champ. are legends. legends. Thank you very yeah. much. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll chat to you guys soon. And we'll definitely have to do some uh, crazy episodes after the games. When yeah. we've got, if the results are like this this year, do you know what next year is going to be like? Yeah. No, it's going to be crazy. So the, the 2019 Roadshow nominations, we're going to run through each, cat- each award that we're going to give uh, a prize for. And we've got to run down the nominations in each category and maybe say a short snippet about why they're there. Yeah, because we also spoken about we've it. We've spoken about it, so you guys are going to have a good idea. Um, but also, we have tried to keep the, the, the categories similar to last year. Obviously, me and Jakey have learned a little bit more, got a little bit more knowledge, and we've updated some of the... Um, some of the the, the the awards and yeah let us know what you think and guys don't hold back send us a message we know we're going to have left some people off here yeah Tal- like, Tal- there Tal- were so Lawrence many sucks. races no but don't, suck, be, don't be so no, harsh be aggressive. no don't, be aggressive. you don't need to be that aggressive just be nice to send a message like hey Lawrence and Jake you guys suck <laughs> <laughs> no just let us know um and if you so what I think what we're going to try and do is we're going to put out some polls on uh, on Instagram we might do a survey monkey with the, the nominations that you can just go and click through yes. although I don't know if anyone is going to want to do that but we'll see we'll, we'll just put it out happens. and we'll put, put out put some feelers yeah. and if you don't want to use Instagram or you don't want to do anything you can literally go down to your show notes click on my WhatsApp send me a send voice us note a, send yeah. me a message these are your picks we'll just kind of Take everyone's picks from wherever we get them, and we'll 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 uh, put we'll up the tally it up. Yeah, we'll tally it up. So, the first uh, award for the Rosho Awards 2019 Female Crew of the Year or Male Crew of the Year. Which one do you want to do, Jake? Let's let's do the Female Crew of the Year. Nominations are, and I think this is going to be no surprise, the New Zealand Women's Pair. For the dominant racing they've had in the pair, I think also they're doubling up in the eight. It's been insane. Second uh, choice, New Zealand women's eight. First time they've won a World Champions gold. Also really, really dominant. Third nomination, still New Zealand lightweight women's double. Zoe McBride and Jackie Kittle have been a force to be reckoned with. And a really, really dominant crew. And the fourth nomination is the Chinese Women's Quad. Stroked by, I, I apologize in advance, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but Xiaotong Chu. Xiaotong Chu. Xiaotong Chu. Terrible pronunciations, but awesome result at World Champs. They have been undefeated the whole season, and I think they really deserve a spot in the Female Crew of the Year. So for, for those out there listening, it's New Zealand Women's Eight. Uh, Chinese women's quad, New Zealand women's pair, and New Zealand lightweight women's double. That's some pretty good nominations, and like I'm pretty glad we're not doing the choices because no. <laughs> I don't know who I would choose. Yeah, it's really tricky. Mm. It's really tricky, and there's like people we left off there that had like really good races. 
Um, so really, really crazy. Male crew of the year, three nominations. We got Dutch men's quad, godlike race at Europeans, mm. godlike racing at world champs. Really, really good rowing, and can't talk more about how well they row and how how proper that crew is. German men's eight, once again defending the champions and just really putting out performances that uh, are just so impressive to watch, so awesome to watch, so really, really cool from them. And the third nomination is the Irish lightweight men's double. Um, Jakey, who's in there? Because I'm normally going to get the name, the brothers. Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. Really, really cool. New combination and just really, really crazy. And yeah, they're also really. So so hard to choose who should go on that list. Yeah, because there's no, a lot of other people that like that could go on that list. No, there there are lots of because of the world champs this year. There there are a lot of people who can add to the list. But next category that I'll be reading out for this for this year's Roadshow Awards is the Breakthrough Crew Athlete of the Year. First nomination: Polish men's four. So is that wait? Is that you said it's crew or athlete, eh? Yeah, breakthrough crew or athlete of the year. So it could be a crew, it could yeah, be a single yeah, scholar. Yeah. So that's the Polish men's four, win at World Championships. And I think they've had a really good season um, all the way through. The Greek women's pair, they qualified their boat. And you might be asking me, how are you nominating someone that hasn't won World Championships? I mean, the Polish men's they four. They did win World Championships, though. But under 23s. They're the only under-23 crew that have raced the under-23s, went to World Championships, and actually qualified for the Games. So I think really well done to them, and I think they deserve the recognition of, of, of the work they've done. Uh, breaks, and the next one is the Dutch Men's Squad, another nomination. I think you can't really take that away from them. They've had a stellar season putting out really cool performances. But they also didn't, they didn't really, really around last year. No, they weren't around last year, and they've put their hands up big time this year. And fourth nomination, I'm really excited to... Um, have him in this category as Ferry Nielsen. Like I said earlier, it's first time he's picked up a medal in his rowing career, and that was a win in the men's single at the Polish World Cup. He won Rotterdam and he got a silver medal at the World Championships, and I think he has had a banger of a season. And that's Danish men's scholar. Hey? Danish men's scholar. Danish men's scholar. Ferry Nielsen really, really tops. Mm. Really good, uh, good breakthrough cruise because uh, we had that on last year, and they were a little bit. Uh, we we had I mean Oli won it last year. Yeah. And to think that that guy's now double world champion. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Is no not double no, world no, champion. No, not double Sorry. world champion. You banana. But yeah, he's a he's a champ world champion now. Um going on to the next one. This one is we I think we called it best race of uh, of last year or performance of the year, but we're gonna call it the Clash of Titans this year. The award is for like just the most crazy race, most competitive race down the track. And I mean, we've discussed all of these races uh, in the, the season recap. So I'm going to run through them. Men's skull, a final at Linz. Absolutely insane. Mm. Closest race of the whole year. The spread between first and sixth place was only two seconds or mm. three seconds. And I think from one to five, was like within one second, or just over 1.1 seconds between yeah. one to five. So just absolutely crazy. Uh, the next one is the Dutch men's quad. They race at European World Champ, uh, European Champs this year, which was just insane. They just yeah, cleaned it up so easily. Yeah. 
so yes, they won a world champs, but the European champs, their race was yeah, really level. dominant. And that was like the first time that we saw them as well, which was so impressive. Mm. Uh, the women's pair, those two titans going against each other, every stroke, every drop of energy to the line uh, for the New Zealanders to come away with the win. Yeah. Both of those crews just really so impressive. Uh, the double at Europeans. Yeah, I mean the the double at Europeans, like men's double. the men's double at Europeans. I already said how the 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 gladiator event of the the year, that race is also like five crews. Any crew can win it. Uh, I mean, we've told you guys a lot to go watch. This is another race you really must go watch back through the season. Um, really close all the way to the line, and I think it was just goes to show how tight it was. A good. Um, it was a good warm-up race to keep your keep you ready for world champs. And then, lastly, women's B final in the in the double at the at Linz in the yes. qualification, fighting for those qualification spots. Insane! Just mm. go watch that. That is when you realize how much the Olympics means to people, to these athletes. They're coming down the track and they are selling everything they got to make that spot. Mm. And if you lost, you cashing chips that you don't even probably have to make it into the games. And I, I think out of all the qualification races this year, that one just sums up how brutal it is. Yeah. No, I think uh, big nominations there. We're going into the next category, and this one's going to be interesting. We're going with rowing personality of the year. This is just a nomination for uh, personalities in the sport. They don't necessarily have to be rowers. They just, I think, are uh, giving us really putting putting a sport out there into the global world, doing really good stuff on social media, pushing the uh, the reputation of the sport high, I think just doing good stuff for a sport. First nomination, Sinkovich Brothers. I think uh, they're really good ambassadors for the sport, really good sportsmen, really dominant performers. I think if you want to sell you know, a, 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 a rowing crew that really represent all the things that, the, that we stand for, Sinkovich Brothers wants to do it, and great social media following too. Next one, Eric Murray. I think he's done a lot of work uh, recently in, uh, with uh, Concept Two on his YouTube channel. Yeah, he's been like he's been really awesome to watch this year. Like yeah. he's just like he's a cool person to follow on social media. He's always got like something new coming out. He's got good comments about world champs. He's just always pushing the boundary a little bit. And as you said, the YouTube stuff on the Erg. I'm sure you guys watched it. He really hurts himself on some of those yeah. Ergos. It was Big really time. really cool to see him cranking the Erg and like goats coming into the picture. Yeah, and, no, like, he's he really just such a cool yeah I think he's just a real, real approachable uh, a rowing personality that everyone knows about I know he's done some reality TV um, entertainment Treasure Island in New Zealand so I haven't watched that but I think it's probably worth my time I'll, also, I'll watch some of the like no, you uh, did, the snippets you? some oh, of the snippets, snippets. Uh, we look tops no, that's although awesome. I don't know I don't know how well he did in it though I don't know but maybe he got he probably was like you know because I think it's like a little bit like Survivor mm. and I feel like he's like the strong guy that can do quite a lot so they probably vote him out like really early yeah but uh, I want to go back and I want to go see how, look yeah. and see how he did uh, and his Twitter is really tops next nomination Fat Scala I mean if you guys don't know he writes a blog that you can find um, just search uh, Fat Scala blog uh, he usually writes up really detailed uh, uh, re uh, previews of most of the rowing regattas. I think he has really interesting insights. Um, and I think he, he the reason why I like Faxcala the most is because he gives you insights deep into events, not just of the guys that are going to do really well. He really goes into um, how the how the events could shape, especially uh, the bottom 
half of the event and, and gives uh, talks about people that maybe don't get too much uh, attention. So, and I think he's really good to stay informed. So Fat Scholar, next one, the Fat Ergo page on Instagram. I think it's at Fat Ergo's LLC. I know their account got deactivated for something, but those guys are great for banter. They're really cool. I really enjoy their, their page. Yeah, and I they, think I need to buy some merchandise. We need some merch from them. So if you guys are listening, uh, just uh, send us some some, some cool merch. t-shirts. Yeah, or I know those, those that's, uh, that's tops. I saw, I saw because actually well, the reason I thought about this is because they went up, because obviously they're based in America, and they went up to Canadian Henley, and then they got kicked out of the regatta because they were, I don't know, they obviously haven't like organized yeah. anything. So they're like selling shit out of their car in the Canadian Henley. The organizers come and tell them, you have to leave. Mm. So then they put a location on like nearby and all these crews are just like pouring into like this McDonald's or something and like buying, buying their kit stuff. just out the car. That's awesome. It was really cool. Some of the South African guys, the uh, to the kids that went there, uh, they they were they were in their YouTube videos. Yeah. Very, very no, cool. those you guys are tops. Keep up your good work. Always good pushing uh, pushing our sport. The next no, this next one you don't even know about. This I don't page, know. So Lawrence can I'm take going it. to take it. This is my favorite Instagram <laughs> rowing page. It's ever. It's uh, international rowing memes. So I think originally they were world rowing memes, and then world rowing was like, you guys cannot do this <laughs> under our name, and told them to change it. So they changed it, international rowing memes, and it was is so epic. If you listen to, if you watch any of the racing at World Champs, it's worth following this page because they put out some really, really funny pictures about any of the drama or anything that uh, that happens at World Champs. They don't post that often, but when they post, it is golden. So those are our four rowing personalities of the year. Sinkovich Brothers, uh, Eric Murray, Fat Scala, Fat Ergos, and International Rowing Memes. Lawrence can't count very well. Oh, there's five. <laughs> yeah. five. So. Tops. But yeah, go, go find, um, go vote for your, your favorite personality of the year. The penultimate uh, award of the, of the evening is the best row show interview of, of the, the season. season. Yes. It's maybe the biggest award. Yeah, biggest. <laughs> it's the most important thing we're going to talk about in this episode. So I know we did a lot more episodes this year than last season, and we couldn't put them all on the on the nomination. So the short list, which was very difficult to choose, the short list was eight. I yeah, think. we've cut it down to four. And we've cut it down to four, and sure, it's really tough. Mm. First up, the Volps. The Volp, yeah. That guy was awesome. Uh, if you haven't listened to his episode, really, really go listen to it. It was so tops. He's an old American uh, scholar. Yeah. Well, he's not that old, but he raced in uh, in uh, 2004. Yeah, Brian Volpenheim. And just really, really cool. What an epic chat. Very different insight into rowing and like and rowing from the States. It was mm. just really, really cool. Uh, the other episodes that we really loved, Kim Brennan. Just so much insight into performance and training and just being a beast. If you want to like get your mental game back on track, that's the episode you go listen to yeah, because she's going to kick your ass back into into training and into the boat. Mm. Eric Murray, the two-parter. Two-parter. Longest, our longest episode. Yeah. But there was just so feel, much awesome stuff. I'm upset because I feel like if we hadn't ended that episode, we could still be talking to him. Yeah. No, it was one of those things. I honestly, I was like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to end this episode. I just want to just keep chatting with this guy. It was really good. Oh, that was wisdom. If you, that was wisdom. Go listen. And then lastly, the Sinkoviches. They're just such epic. I mean, as we said, we had them under personalities of the year, and they're just such epic, uh, epic guys. 
so keen to to help yeah. the sport to like just put it out there and get rowing out there and they're just doing really cool stuff always looking for that challenge and just such a cool conversation with them mm. now we're moving on to our last category and this one is also this uh, is actually the biggest this category. is actually the biggest category the penultimate category it's and a I new think character and a new this category is a new category well. why we made this is we wanted to somehow with all the events all the boats all the rows we wanted to somehow manage it down to the most valuable player the best rower the guy that adds the most value this is the the list we got down guy or girl guy or girl sorry i apologize there so it could be from male and female events we just wanted to make a short list of you know who really is setting the setting the bar first on the list is australia's alexander hill we've spoken about his performances in the pair we've spoken about his performance in the four disappointing world champions race but I probably that's his only disappointing race he's had this whole cycle and I think his pair <coughs> rowing his pair rowing with Joshua Booth and oh and Hicks did he race and with Hicks Joshua no, I Booth know. I don't know the, the crew's changed so much this yeah. whole season it's really hard to keep up but he raced if you think about in the last two years he's raced a four he's raced the eight at Henley and the eight oh yes he's raced the eight and he's raced a pair with two different combinations yeah. and he's just been winning everything so i do think that he must he's he's on the he's, he's on the nominations yeah and he's high up on the nominations for yeah. the best athlete or the most valuable player to and, to a rowing team yeah and then the next one from germany hannes Ocek, the strokeman of the german eight um you know he's really been leading that eight really well and i think every single time that eight performs really well you just look at the rowing and you know the rhythm that he's setting up is untouchable i think he's also got a disgusting win ratio um and also if you go and watch on the on the dutch um i mean on the german uh the uh, the, the eight instagram page they had really really cool um video just before world champs with them doing a start and it just looks so calm first stroke so calm second stroke and then like you're still looking at this calm rowing and then suddenly you mm. realize that these guys are like at 40 and they're just pumping down the track. Yeah. And that definitely comes from from him up front there. Uh, so really, really cool yeah. uh, uh, nomination there, Jakey. Third nomination. And you knew it was they were going to be here is New Zealand's Kerry and Grace. You can't, I couldn't, I know it's the most valuable rower, but uh, Kerry and Grace have been on another level their value they're adding to the women's eights the women's pairs insane so yeah i mean like we really could go and uh and have a look at the at the um at our interview and see who was foster on the ergo okay but, like, yeah but no they uh, they won they won team and they are just double world champions yes we tried our best here to try and narrow it down but they really are really up there and last nomination on the list Gary O'Donovan from the Irish lightweight men's double. I think, you know, he's been a constant in that boat. And he's one of the the few uh, people this year that would defend. They defended their world championship title. We spoke about his race in Rotterdam. The prepped handling his shit under pressure, getting stroke coach out the water. The world championship race, so dominant. So, and you know that that guy pulls like a dog. Dude, he pulls like a dog. <laughs> so yeah, those are the nominations for most valuable player. So we'll post the, the nominations up and we'll, we'll maybe put a, we'll, we'll see what we do. But yeah. just enjoy it. Go and have a look. I'm sure it'll be up by now. If you're listening to this, it's definitely up. So just enjoy 
and thank you so much for for listening to us i know we rambled on about a lot of shit yeah. this episode and i hope you made it to the end you probably didn't it's probably like one person listening at this point yeah uh that's probably jay like yeah. legend. I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, um yeah so just really really cool thanks guys and welcome to season three yeah. of the row show we're going to do some really cool stuff this year so stay tuned yeah thanks so much guys uh been an awesome episode really good to be back jake's out and lawrence is out enjoy Danish came second, Romania came third. Yeah. So, um, where were the Dutch though? No, surely the Dutch are in this race, dude. We're looking at, I'm looking at the wrong, I'm looking at the wrong race. Look at the wrong fucking year, dude. There we go, there we go. Yeah, Jakey, you were right, sorry. I can just cut that out actually. Yeah.